The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason, and we're back for another exciting episode. We're going to be back in the confession. Uh, But before we get back into the confession, I'd like to start out with something a little... Uh, fun to go through so fun for who roger it depends who's asking the question it becomes fun for them oh great and you're asking Uh, yes okay (laughs) so it's fun for me but (laughs) this is something different we haven't done before but this is a i want to share a news article that you you haven't heard about no and i want to get your reaction to it how do you (laughs) think about this news that has come out are we gonna have to like bleep out any of this uh, reaction, you think? Well, with only our two listeners, I think we're okay. <laughs> okay, we'll be safe. <laughs> Got it. So this was something that was uh, uh, shared with me, uh, an Instagram post. Okay. Multiple posts here, but it's some news out of Armenia. So out of mm. our, our people okay. uh, recently. So this is uh, how it goes i'll read the whole thing to you before i get rea- your reaction i want you to take it all in okay process <laughs> it and so then scared right now okay and then uh, share your reaction so this is what it says <clears throat> with a, a nice picture behind it so the armenian government welcomes gagik sarukian's initiative to build a large jesus christ statue in armenia He's a business tycoon, and he announced an initiative to build a Jesus statue on Mount Hatif. According to him, the purpose of the statue is to celebrate Armenians, Armenia's history as the first Christian nation and show the path of resurrection and light to the Armenian people. The Armenian Apostolic Church issued a statement in March saying it did not accept this initiative because it does not suit the centuries-old iconographic and worship tradition of the Armenian Church. Prime Minister Nikol Pashishian said today that the government's initial opinion of the initiative is positive because they believe it will attract tourism. What do you think about that? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, I had not heard about that. And, and so this is, yeah, this is me reacting to that. Um, there's so many thoughts that go through my mind. One is I'm wondering what in the world the apostolic church means by it doesn't fit its iconographic uh, whatever uh, culture. That's fascinating statement. Um, uh, more fascinating is that uh, we're, our Prime Minister Pashinyan <laughs> thinks that this Jesus statue is going to be a uh, a touristic, you know, lure. That's fascinating, and it just makes me think of Rio de Janeiro. Don't they have the big yes, Jesus yes, over yeah. the the city? That's what was in one of the comments. I was reading the comments because I'm yeah. like, okay, I really need to see what people are wow. saying. Wow. 
Um, so that's interesting. So it made me think of either Rio and, you know, in Brazil or Biola university because <laughs> at Biola, they have the, the big mural of Jesus and the Bible. And, um, I don't think my reformed buddies would like, you know, images of, um, Jesus being made and built. That is fascinating. It is such an external, um, approach to that which needs to be internal right uh fascinating i yeah i i, I think i don't think it's a good idea okay that's good um, I, think, I think our people will appreciate that <laughs> they um, were wondering yeah i don't think that's a good idea um for uh, many reasons yes. but <clears throat> i kind of appreciate the guy's heart if he really it thinks that it it can uh help people to understand our history as well as he said the path to resurrection something like that is he is he just kind of hoping that jesus will i mean that the the statue of jesus will remind people of the resurrected lord maybe that's that's kind of it interesting. was an interesting way he put it um how did he put it here he said oh to show the path of resurrection and light interesting i'm not sure i quite understand what that means yeah it sounds a little mystical to me but just why? Yeah. Why? That, that, <laughs> why? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you hadn't uh, heard about that wow. breaking news uh, from our people. So That is fascinating. I mean, part of me, I mean, part of me appreciates the guy for even wanting to put anything that that smacks of christianity out there since today it's so secularized but you're being too nice yeah you know what i said to the person <laughs> oh. showed me to yeah that's stupid yeah well why <laughs> come on come on this does not look good it's yeah. a stupid idea yeah but, <laughs> but i can appreciate his perhaps his heart behind it depending okay. on what he what he meant by it but wow sure there's a lot of other stuff we should be doing for that country. Okay. Well, now that we've ended everybody who's listening, let's right. get back into the confession. Uh, we're going to go back to um, uh, another chapter. We we still don't know if we're saying this right, if it's chapter, article, paragraph. I'm going to stick with article. It's article four and okay. paragraphs. Because I heard another podcast who's been going through it and they said it differently. I don't yeah. remember how they said it, but... Well, and they're probably right, but we, we are the ones, wrong. yeah, we, and, and we're the ones that control this podcast. Okay, so. so we're right in everything we say anyway, so. On this podcast, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right, because there's a certain relativism that we endorse here. Whatever's on this podcast that's is right. right for us, and. Yeah. Okay. That's why we're using a confession too, right? That's right, because we're very relativistic, <laughs> yes. So article four, paragraph one? Yes, let's okay, do it. Okay, so we are talking about a very relevant topic for many reasons, and that's creation. So mm -hmm. this article gets into uh, creation with three different paragraphs. We're going to cover one of them this time and then the other two next time. Uh, but we're going to begin with the first paragraph. I'm going to read it and let's talk through it. Uh, why is this important today uh, to think about and even how they talk about the creation account and the uh, biblical references they make? Let's do it. Uh, so let me read uh, from paragraph one. In the beginning, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was pleased to create or make the world and all things in it, both visible and invisible, 
in a six-day period, and all very good. He did this to manifest the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness. Amen. Begins with a statement, of course, in the beginning, and and we know that's uh, where the Bible begins, Mm -hmm. and the importance of just those first few words for just uh, thinking in general, Mm. right? As a foundation of thinking the importance of in the beginning, it grounds us to an objective truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a world that has many ideas of what the beginning was. Uh, So we know it's important, not just for our Christian faith, but for belief in general, in in what you believe in. Um, I remember talking with somebody we were talking uh, about theology and this was a i don't know if he was a believer he was just debating christianity and uh, he wanted to go back to the creation account and he wanted to go back to genesis 1 mm. and he said look if i can't believe the first few verses of the bible why would i believe the rest of it mm, true good point yep well and 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 the beginning is a very important um question for like you said for all knowledge but science the the world of science is asking uh that question of origin Mm -hmm. as well and actually the whole issue of whether there is a beginning Mm -hmm. is crucial um and how we got to that place you know Mm -hmm. is is matter eternal or is there an eternal personality you know there's all those questions Mm -hmm. i've been reading uh gavin ortland's book um why God makes sense in a world that doesn't really good book, really okay. fascinating, interesting, uh, approach, uh, just kind of fresh new way of looking at old arguments for the existence mm-hmm. of God. So I, I strongly recommend it, but yeah, in the beginning, that's it, just a big, important question and theme and the scriptures start there and, and say in the beginning, God, mm-hmm. and, and here the authors of the confession do the same. They go in the beginning, God, but what they're going to do now after that statement is they're going to look at the rest of scripture as well, not just Genesis one. And they want, they want to make sure that it's clear when they say in the beginning, God created that the God of the Bible is the triune God. Yeah. I was going to mention that they, they're, they're emphasizing the Trinity. That's right. And and we look back and is that in Genesis one is the, how is the Trinity represented? I, I should say. And we especially think of of God the Son too, right? Cause it's, He's it's, the Word of the Father, mm-hmm. right? And then when you look at John one, which we'll we'll turn to at some mm-hmm. point, I'm sure uh, during our time together, all things are created through Him. Mm-hmm. In Genesis one, you have God creates, you have His Word. You know, He speaks things into existence. Jesus being the Logos, the Word, but also the Spirit is present, hovering over, uh, right? The um, the, the creation there. So you've got, you've got the triune God present in a more hidden way in Genesis, but the rest of scripture unpacks that and, and makes it clear. And the, the authors of the confession want to make it clear, the father, the son, and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're look at the, the grammar there in the beginning, God, the father, son, and Holy spirit was pleased to create they're using the singular there it's not were pleased Mm. because it's one god he is one god in three persons and i think uh we would call this i I believe this is the language they use the inseparable operations Mm. it's only there's 
the divine essence is one and is the divine essence God that is creator. And even though God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, when we see in Scripture uh, their role, their part in creation, we might use different words. Mm-hmm. The Father creates through the Son in the Spirit or things yeah. like that. Um, he is one God who is acting and he has created uh, all that we know and all that we see. And so they bring it out there by using the Trinitarian language. And and it, it, it helps as we think about uh, views that uh, see Jesus as a created being. Right. Right. It corrects that thinking to say, well, no, wait, even in the beginning, we're talking about Jesus existed before the world began. That's right. You know, it's Jehovah Witnesses, right? That Jesus was cre- a created being after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of cults have, you know, different uh, take on that. Jesus is always a created being, a creature. Mm-hmm. And here the, the authors of confession are very clear um, that he, he was pleased to create or make the world and all things in it. I, I, I like yeah. the language of pleased to create. Um, it, it emphasizes something we looked at earlier in the confession, kind of the freedom and the good pleasure of God. Mm. You know, his divine decree according to his own good pleasure, according to his own freedom. You know, we're always worried about yeah. human freedom, um, but the greatest and most important freedom, obviously, is God's own freedom. And he was pleased to create, which tells us he didn't have to create. Yeah. Um, but he was pleased to do so. You you reacted to that. So what's yeah, on your mind? Because we even thought of, or talked about that before. It wasn't God had a need mm-hmm. for something. And therefore, that's why he created. He created the creation. He created people that he needed. You know, right. there's an argument. Well, God needed love so he created people and or you know he needs to be worshipped or he needs to be glorified right no he does not need us yeah he doesn't need us so <laughs> anyway this wasn't out of a necessity right that god created there was something else that's right in the mind of god where he was pleased to reveal himself yeah through creation and and honestly that gives value to creation that he created us freely uh, mm-hmm. out of you know for his and out of his good pleasure and especially when we get to the second paragraph where we're going to talk about humanity we'll, we'll get there but so there's something really important to the language they use he was pleased to create yeah. um i'm not i have to be honest i'm not sure what they mean by to create or make the world are they just giving synonyms to create or make i'm not sure the westminster doesn't exactly say it that way mm. the westminster says it just a little differently it says it pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Um, it puts it in a different order, but it says uh, to create or make of nothing. Um, so I don't know if they're saying make out of nothing, create. I'm not sure why the, the difference there. I'll be honest. There's got to be a good reason, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, how about the second part, both the visible and invisible? The the material world and the immaterial world, right? The the spiritual world as well as um, the, the visible things that we see. And that's important too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes the angels, the heavenly realm, includes the fallen angels. Yeah. So where where was, where did God exist before that that he realm? he is. Yeah. <laughs> and <All right>. he was <laughs> and he always will be. <laughs> 
So but, I asked your questions. You have all the answers. So, oh, so great. The, yeah. the, the biggest question, right, is how old is the earth? Young earth or old earth? Does the confession... Does the confession lead to a particular view? Because that's the next statement, right? It's going to talk about a period of time. Mm-hmm. So says God created and made the world and all things in it, both visible and in- invisible, in a six-day period, and yeah. all very good. Yeah. Um, I think that the confession here, at the very least, is... Um, now again, there there was no doctrine, there, there was no teaching of evolution at the time. Okay, so I can't say that it's countering evolution. That'd be anachronistic. Yeah. But what it seems to be trying to do here is affirming the biblical account of creation. Yeah, and we look at Genesis one and we see that it's a six day creation. I don't know, and I was thinking about this. Do I know anything about the the framers of the of the confession with regard to this question? did any of them hold to a day age theory hmm. where a day could actually be a longer period of time? Yeah. I'm not sure if that, if that um, view was even present. Now I know if I'm not mistaken, and this is not my area of expertise, but I believe I've been told that even Augustine himself. Hmm. So you're talking uh, fourth, fifth century that he believed in a day age theory. And so an older earth kind of creationism, um, my guess would be that these guys were more likely to hold to a young earth, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary here in this, mm-hmm. except to say that what they're affirming is a biblical account of creation out of nothing Yeah, that, that God did not, um, you know, he's not just using leftover stuff created by some other God or some mm-hmm. eternal matter that he's shaping into. No, he is created. That means it was, there was not, and now there is. And it was very good. And it was very good, which is just the language of Genesis, right? Yeah. 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 So they they also get into this first uh, part about why he created, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, what was going on in, in this time. And Confession says he did this to manifest the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness. And, and I often think when I'm reading the confession, why did they choose the particular words that they chose? Right. Words matter. Words matter a lot. Mm-hmm. And what were they trying to get at with these particular words? And we we can see some of it. Mm-hmm. But but what do you think here? I mean, it, it, first it says to manifest his glory. So making known his glory mm-hmm. through creation. We, we know this is... Uh, a natural revelation, right? Yep. As we talk about a natural revelation through creation, special revelation through the word of God. Right. So this is talking about manifesting his glory, which we see in different parts of scripture. Uh, but the three words they use here, mm-hmm. and, and we can look at even what they're referencing, they, uh, uh, what verses are referencing. But what do you think of these particular ways the confession is describing I think they've chosen them well, and mm-hmm. and they could have chosen other words. I'm sure there are other passages they could think about. They're they're in one case clearly they're referring to Romans one twenty because yeah. um, the the language of eternal power is there. Um, but I, I think think about this. They're saying um, he's revealing through creation, through natural revelation, some things about himself. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul talks about the. some of the invisible attributes yeah and they're highlighting these three things which i think are very important one is the power 
God's power, his might, his strength, his his immensity, yeah. so to speak, right? He's he's that powerful that he can create out of nothing all these things. And you look at creation and you go, wow, mm-hmm. right? That's when, you know, sometimes I think, when I think about how vast the universe is, I go, wow, that's yeah. so <laughs> big. And, and whoever created this must be that powerful. And of course, you know, some uh, astronomers and, and physicists talk about mm-hmm. the fact that it's expanding still, right? The, the yeah. universe and... Anyway, we won't get into multiverse stuff, but uh, you have just a metaverse. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no comment. But um, you're gonna get me into Marvel stuff now, and my son, and okay. So you've got the eternal power part, but then he says wisdom, and I think about this when find the, the the physicists and astronomers are go, wow, look how big God is. But then when when you start looking on the Earth, and you start examining things like biology and chemistry, yeah. and you. You start getting into that world and you go, wow, look at how intricate, look how detailed. And I mean, you could do it in the vastness of the, the, the space and universe as well. But when you're looking at the body and how all this works together, I think you see the wisdom of God, mm-hmm. his planning, his design, how every little detail plays in and plays a role. Um, and I think that's important too. It's not just that he's powerful. It's that he's got this wisdom that uh also i think wisdom and beauty kind of go together yeah um, and then that third one is his goodness it's not this he could have a really powerful and immense world that's kind of wicked and evil and harmful yeah. but if you look at creation yeah we have natural disasters and things but if you just take a a glance there is something morally good even you can almost see in it um, perceive in God's creation I don't know so I think that those three are important words hmm. how else do you see in scripture uh, about you know the, the the reason behind God's creation or other words that come to mind of what creation is uh, revealing about God um, manifesting as, as the word is used here are there other things that come to your mind uh, might, power, wisdom, goodness. What are you thinking of? <laughs> I don't have any particular. Oh, okay. Just thinking through different parts of scripture. I know, you know, I think of different ways scripture talks about uh, uh, God and describes what He has made, um, and 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 what's revealing about Him. Um, but just wondering if anything. You know, I guess what, what's interesting here is these are the things that. Um, are are part of natural revelation that can be revealed uh without the scriptures yeah you know like someone who now of course there's the impact of sin on hearts and i'm not saying that they're they're completely able to comprehend all of this but paul says they're accountable for this kind of stuff right they they may not know jesus by looking at god's creation okay but they certainly can know some things about god and I think these things capture those things that can be known without special revelation. I think that Psalm 19, mm-hmm. right, where it talks, the first half is about natural revelation. The second half about special revelation talks about how the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm-hmm. The sky proclaims his handiwork day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. And then just mm-hmm. continues on how the, the creation is just speaking and just 
screaming out God's glory to all the earth yeah. uh, to look at me. I, th- I think it was Charles Spurgeon who talked about uh, the stars at night, mm-hmm. and he called them God's traveling preachers. <laughs> Amen. Right, because God's always expressing himself um, th- yeah. through creation. You know, what, what's interesting to me is um, I think the, the fact that God creates and the way the confession says he did this to manifest the glory of his eternal power, etc., and the way Psalm 19 reads and other places in Scripture, the way Paul says it in Romans 1, um, he creates to reveal, which means that there is someone who's the audience of that revelation. Mm-hmm. There is someone that is meant to perceive it and yeah. to uh, know it and see it and understand it. That gives us quite a bit of value because that's referring to us humans. We're the ones who are... Co- now, I think that all of creation in some to some extent can grasp that when I say all of creation, you know, the, the animals and things, you know, perhaps they they oh, they can't really perceive god so that's not they they live in this creation but they're not perceiving it they're not worshiping yeah. you know the trees are going to clap their hands right uh, that's uh, i think uh, 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 metaphorical language yeah. but you know but that's meant for us we're the ones who perceive and know god through this and are to respond to that knowledge somehow yeah, and I think as we as you reflect upon that, it helps affirm other promises of God. Like, is there anything too hard for God? Mm. You know, and when you look out at the vastness of this universe, we've created everything and everything we see, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what we don't see, and what we don't see. <laughs> yeah, and we look out in creation. You look out in the ocean. You just see endlessly. You can't see the end. Right. The ocean. You look out yep. from the top of a mountain and you just look out at the vastness and how big it is. Mm-hmm. And you think our small little lives underneath this entire creation and God is behind all of that. Yeah. Just it, it, it emphasizes, reaffirms yeah. uh, who God is. And like you said, people can't deny the natural revelation now they do deny it but but there's something inside the heart of us that looks and says there's something great behind it there's a wisdom and when you start studying it and then you just wonder like some of the strangest things like the animals and you see like there's a million species of this thing right right god's wisdom god's thoughts like you know but but what what amazes me so um when you think about all of these species, like you're saying, think of even insects and, and, yeah. and, and remember that we haven't even discovered yeah. everything that's out there that's discoverable. I was, I don't know who I was listening to or reading and uh, someone was talking about um, the, the depths of the ocean. There are so many creatures there that we've not even, no one's ever even yeah. interacted with in any way, you know, but each one unique, mm-hmm. each one glorious. If you think about it, how they um, uh, reproduce and how they interact with their uh, ecosystem. And, you know, it's fascinating. And this is a fallen version of what God created. Yeah. So I don't spend as much time outdoors as you do. I know you're the hiker and you love that world. And, but when I do spend time out there, 
you know, every 10 years. Um, <laughs> what amazed me, you look at the vastness of God's yeah. creation. You look at the beauty, you look at the glory, you look at the intricacy, you look at God increases. We humans begin to decrease yeah. and you start to kind of get a better sense of who we are in light of who God is. And then knowing special revelation, knowing Christ, knowing salvation, yeah. be, belonging to God it amazes me all the more that that glorious God could love this minuscule, insignificant, nothing like me mm-hmm. who also had rebelled against him and hated him and wanted nothing to do with him. And yet he's graciously brought us into relationship. So I think natural revelation is still so important for us uh, to, to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Creation is definitely uh, very relevant to our lives today. It's not just an abstract thought. It's not just, old theology we think about no it's it's real and 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 draws us back to who god is yeah. and his character first revealed and how he created um and what we see around us today favorite site that you've gone and visited out in uh, nature uh so uh, there have been many different places uh i i think the Kind of the the highlight one was when uh, my brother and I peaked Mount Whitney mm. and got just to see the top. I mean, it, it was just surreal because yeah. you're at the highest highest point in the continental United States, cool. and you're just overlooking creation. And it just it it doesn't it you can't take it all in. Like you try to take it in, yeah, and you're like, is that real? What I'm seeing? It's just so vast and so big. That's awesome. Um, so nice. Well, uh, we'll continue on in the next uh, uh, part of the confession and talk about uh, what God created in the world that he created next time. Um, We hope you uh, enjoyed the episode and that you'll uh, join us next time. We we do want to talk about our conference that's coming up and announce that. So uh, in October... October 7th and 8th, we're going to hold our first conference at our church, Mount Adat Bible Church in Northridge. Uh, We have a website you can go to. We'll put the link in the show notes, um, and you can sign up and register. Uh, Topic uh, this year is going to be law and gospel. We're going to have two uh, pastors come out and teach. Uh, We're going to have the Reverend Dr. Michael Matosian and uh, Reverend Dr. John Fonville. So we hope you'll check that out, register, come to it. I think it'll be a really good uh, time of uh, uh, learning from them and learning more about the law and the gospel and how that uh, affects our Christian lives today and in sanctification and different areas of our lives. So. Uh, In case you're not going to go to the show notes, let's tell them it's www.doctrine, the number four, Yes. L-I-F-E, so life.com. Com, yes. And there is a link to register uh, that is up and live, so you can register uh, to attend. Yep. All right, and we hope that you will join us next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.